The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And Niners Divisional Playoff Week is officially underway. The days are coming at us fast this week as the playoffs roll on. Inside the SWBC Mortgage Studio, Bill Jones... Mickey Spagnola, and there's an empty seat here. Mickey, what's going on? Well, I don't know. Did we lose Everson in the playoffs? Uh, oh, no, we there have Everson on a at a remote location. He would not miss this week. This is Niners week. How you doing, I Everson? Look, I I look forward to coming in next week after we kick some ass. There you go. So, oh, okay. and when the Cowboys will be facing. When the Cowboys will be facing one of Everson's former teams, the New York football giants at AT&T Stadium in the NFC Championship game, right, Everson? That's what you're hoping for, right? Yes, I know that's what you're hoping. Yes, that's what Jerry's yes. hoping for. <laughs> that can happen. It can happen. It can happen. All right. Very good. Well, let's get uh, – well, uh, Mickey, what you can't see here, Everson, and all of you uh, listening as well, and even those of you watching, you probably cannot see what Mickey has in front of him. It's a lot of graphics with 49er red on it, which means he has printed out the San Francisco 49er media notes, and he is hard at work preparing for this game. And what page do you think I Mm. went to immediately? Brock Purdy's page. Debo Samuel. Okay. (laughs) My man, Debo. So... This one, so are, this, are one you, this one, this one stuck out to me. Finding out where he, go ahead. I was going to say this one stood out to me immediately. He is one of three players and the only wide receiver in NFL history to have at least 1,000 receiving yards in a season, five receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns which he did all in 2021. The other two players Mm -hmm. to accomplish that triple were Marshall Falk in 1999 and Roger Craig in 1985. So how rare is this guy? That's very impressive. That's very impressive. And there's a more there's a there's like another full page of these firsts and onlys that he has accomplished in his uh, short NFL careers. You know, and the other thing that Mickey will be quick to point out this week is that in his little green notebook, he had Debo Samuel rated as one of the top prospects coming That's out right. of South Carolina once upon a time. It didn't take you long. You didn't need to go very much deeper into your little green notebook. You do it just like with Micah being drafted by the Cowboys. Mickey said, this is the guy the Cowboys need to draft. Well, Debo was that guy that year in Mickey's green notebook. Since my daddy said this is a football hey, game. Say- <laughs> Spags, Spags, I have just found out you do everything but make you make the, the, the best picks and you go, you check the field as well. So 
Oh, by the way, since you You brought that up, (laughs) the Cowboys punter, Brian Anger, who actually punted in Tampa at one point in his career, he said it was a year or two ago the NFLPA rated the five worst grass fields in the NFL. And Raymond James Stadium was among those five. So my pregame analysis of that poor field was very accurate Mm -hmm. because it's still one of the worst five fields in the National Football League. And as Anger said jokingly, they're in Tampa. They're in Florida. They get rain. They get sunshine. They ought to have the best grass in the NFL, and they don't. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I don't get it. Bill, I'm sure you're already working on the other four fields, <laughs> fields in the NFL. I know you're looking it up. I can just feel it. Let's hope, let's hope it's not, it's not <laughs> Santa Clara, right, in Levi's Stadium. And so I think maybe what we talked about yesterday, it might be that Tampa, they play too many games. They have, like, the University of South Florida plays there. They've got the Gasparilla Bowl there, another college bowl game. There's probably high school games there. They play too many games there. And so that's why why the Cowboys missed four extra points the other night. Now, how about this? Also, (laughs) that came up yesterday when we interviewed, uh, when John Fossil had his, his, basically, his conference deal. Uh, press conference. And by the way, it was very interesting. Normally, all the three of the coordinators are available the day after the game. Now, this is a short week, but they made sure that the special teams coordinator was available the day after well, that game. Well, he didn't have to probably spend as much time on his game plan as the other that's, guys That's did. exactly right. right. They'll be available later Friday, in the week. Friday. Yeah. But he also pointed out, so I don't know if you guys uh, heard this the week before, that, and I've, I... I forget which team did this, but they were putting a marker on the field to place the ball down Mm -hmm. on place kicks. And the NFL sent out a memo saying you cannot do that. Well, what the Cowboys had been doing, uh, and Anger, who's the holder, said when we get like a field like that, he goes, grass field, I will go get a piece of white grass and I'll put it on the mark where we want to put the ball down. And he said the official came up to him and said, you can't do that, and swiped away his spot with the white grass. It wasn't like it was elevating the ball like a T, right? And then the other thing that took place, and I think I might have mentioned this yesterday, and I don't remember, but uh, each team has three K balls, meaning those are the balls you kick with. So Anger pointed out that before the game, they get those three balls and they can rub them down to get the shine off. And he said, we spend 45 minutes with the first ball. He goes about 15 with the second ball. And we're figuring by the time we get to the third ball, we're probably not going to need that, right? And he goes, well, on the first two bad extra points, the balls went into the stands. They lost them. So there was a discussion on the sideline. What are they going to do if they lose their third K-ball? Were they going to have to go to Tampa Bay and say, we need to use one of yours? Uh, So that became a discussion, too. 
not to give any excuses for missing four extra points, but all I know is that turned into a national story because last night at the opening of Jimmy Kimmel's monologue, he brought up Brett Maher, wow. who I'm sure he had never wow. heard of before, and they showed mm. the highlights of all four missed kicks, one after another after another after another <laughs> on national TV. Unbelievable. America loves a good failure. Yeah. We just live on that. But they did. We, but they it did. Just, it, just, it, just, it just feels our soul. It feeds our soul. It really does. But yeah. at least they showed the one he made. So, uh, you know, and, and, and my thinking is for Brett Maher, the kickers are always saying, I'm just trying to go one for one. And you hope he keeps that in his mind that those are gone and next game, I got to go one for one. Those four misses don't count. All right. So he will be here next week then. <laughs> this week. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, we have not seen any tryouts going on this week out on the practice field uh, here at the start. Now, if that was Jimmy now, if that was Jimmy, you know, that'd be a whole lot different. We have some, a lot of guys out there kicking. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, in fact, I got a text from a friend after I think the second missed extra point the other day, and, and my he simply my friend said, "Where's the asthma field?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mickey. Yes, we've had an open locker room already today. We did because that's where I listened to Brian Anger speak. Uh, anybody else you want to know about? Well, you tell us what we need to know. J. Ron Curse seemed. Uh, kind of confident that he'd be ready to go in this game. Um, I've been told by two different people that they felt like he would have a good chance to play uh, after spraining his knee. Uh, he said this one wasn't as bad as what he did. And I think we forgot this. He did that in the season opener and then missed like two or three games uh, as I hmm. off the top of my head. Uh, so yeah, he was, he was pretty confident, uh, that he would be ready to go and he didn't want to hear any of this stuff about, uh, you know, everybody thinking about the loss from last year to San Francisco. He said, we have enough motivation of our, on our own to not have to bring something else up. And he pointed out that maybe for a week. He, he kind of seethed over that loss, and then he got over it. Okay, here's a note on J. Ron Curse and how close the I knee was. injury. You're very close. In fact, you are right on against Tampa Bay in the season opener on the 42nd defensive snap of the game, he injured his knee. Against Tampa Bay in the playoff season opener, on the 42nd defensive snap of the game for him, he injured his knee. No way! It not only was against Tampa Bay, it was also on the 42nd defensive snap uh, uh, of the game. Impossible. Oh, yes, man. and in fact, he oh, did man. miss the next three games against Cincinnati, the Giants, and Washington. Um, hey, Cowboys, Cowboys on, cannot on, afford him to that? miss the next three games. Yeah, yeah. Are you are Good you one, reading from that same? Uh, 
Are you reading from that same thing? Uh, remember where the, they were making touchdowns on every interception? No, that was that's a pro football that, reference. That's not from that publication. No, this is this is from reference. my big black uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, season uh, okay. notebook that uh, okay. I keep. I chart all of the okay. uh, snaps for players all season long here, and that's why I, I didn't. So, have, it sounds. It sounds kind of. It sounds kind of made up. It kind of made up. <laughs> nope. It's right here. 42nd snap of the game. But that is big. Curse needs to be ready to play and play in a full load on uh, Sunday against San Francisco. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree, Mickey? Uh, yes. They sure could use him, especially since uh, I, I guess I didn't realize this going through all this red uh, ink uh, release here that against Seattle – they were trailing 17-16 at halftime. They ended up with 500 yards total offense. 500. Mm-hmm. So the offense better function because uh, they're going to get theirs. Now you got to make sure you're getting yours. That's the way I'm going to look at this one. Hey, can I, can I, I, you know, I have an issue. I have an issue in regards to uh, the narrative that's out there. All of a sudden, it's really flipped in regards to the Cowboys' offense and how it's amazing they it? are. It's amazing, All of a sudden, I mean, it's really been flipped on his head, right? And, you know, when I look at the game, of course, damn good game. Dak did well. Kellen Moore, man, I, I, I didn't get to talk about it yesterday, but just an excellent job. Clearly, they were holding out against Washington. I think we can all uh, come to grips with that. They were holding out. Uh, But this particular game, they let it all out. They knew exactly what was going on. They anticipated everything well. There are times, take away the interceptions, but there are times when Dak has done a lot of this stuff before. Right? I mean, of course this was an excellent game. But it's not leaps and bounds, guys. You know, he's he's kind of been that guy. Once again, mistakes here and there. He's kind of been that guy ever since he's been back. I mean, I don't know. Is that just me thinking that? Well, here's what's Especially happened. when you look at the, the, the points per game and things of that nature. Yeah, and here's what's happened is everybody has all season long concentrated on the interceptions. And as Mike McCarthy said, I concentrate on the productivity. And his productivity in these games uh, have been amazing when you figure that in that nine-game stretch, they averaged 36 points a game, right? 36. So has he had a couple bad games? Yes. But here's his quarterback ratings uh, since he came back from the injury. 113.2, 114.5, 113.2, 114.5. In the loss to Green Bay, it was 78.6. The win over Minnesota, mm-hmm. 139.3. Then 91, 100, 70 uh, against Houston when the entire team struggled. Then 107, 124. Right. And that was against Philadelphia, 85. Point right. six, That's and right. then Washington. Unfortunately, it was forty-five point eight. So, if you look at his efficiency in those, uh, what is that? Eleven games, um, five, ten, twelve games. Yeah, he's been pretty damn good. You want me to do Brock Purdy now? 
Yeah. Brock Purdy, 88.8, in the playoff game, 131.5. So, efficient. And here's what I forgot about them. The 49ers, they started the season off 1-2 and two and 3-4. and four. Mm-hmm. And then they won mm-hmm. now 11 straight games. 11. And how many points are they scoring? Uh, since since Brock Purdy uh, started playing, they have played because he he did not start the first game. He came in off the bench because Garoppolo got hurt, and they scored thirty three. And he came in early in that game. He threw thirty seven passes, so it was basically yeah. a start. It doesn't count as a win on his record as a starting quarterback, but it was. Uh, they scored. They have scored over thirty points in every game but one against Seattle since he started playing. So we're talking six regular season games and one postseason games. So six out of seven games, they've got 30 or more points. It is very similar to the nine-game stretch that Dak had. Uh, and you throw in the playoff game for Dak, um, where he was averaging 36 a game, and now you got another one. Well, even before mm. he started in there with Garoppolo, I see a 37, a 31, and a 38 until they got to that New Orleans game when it was 13 to nothing. Was that the one Garoppolo got hurt in? No, no, he got hurt in the Miami game the early. Miami game. And, uh, and uh, okay. Purdy came off the bench so was and the led him to the win. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. so maybe you should me. predict your score off your uh-huh. gas tank fill-up. <laughs> I think so. But, not, but, to, but to me, guys, it just seems to me that in order for, for Dak to get any type of credit, and this offense, period, Kellen Moore included, uh, they damn near have to be perfect. That just seems to be the narrative here. And that's the way they were against Tampa. They were damn near perfect against Tampa, right? Damn near perfect. Uh-huh. That's it. What did, what did Seattle, did they finish with a winning record? Were they 9-8? and eight? Something yes. like that. I want to say I was just looking to see. Yes, they were nine and eight. during this nine and eight during the nine the, and nine now because they lost the, these <laughs> these winning streaks. <laughs> New Orleans losing record. Miami I think had a winning record. Uh-huh, Tampa team. Bay losing record. Seattle winning record. Washington finished five hundred thanks to the Cowboys. Vegas and Arizona losing records. So their their streak down their stretch. You know, they were playing teams darn right should beat. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's – and if you look at the Cowboys, if they had beaten those two teams that they had, what, 14 and – seven was it 17-point lead and lost both games in overtime, they're the number mm-hmm. one seed. So I think the narrative, what, you know – Everson brought up is the fact that it, had they not had those two hiccups, they would have been talked about just like this team right here. All right, we got so much more to talk about here on this edition of Mix Shots, and we will continue in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. 
Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey! Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back, back, to mixed shots. Cape Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214 225 4860, and that would be kpostcompany.com. All right. Uh, Nate in Frisco has chimed in, and uh, he has uh, made the comment, uh, good or bad, I need rookie Dakota. Meaning, I think, limit those oh, turnovers. Yes, absolutely. Which he Dakota did a very good job of limiting those turnovers against Tampa Bay. Uh, he was very judicious with the football. I think I saw him throw the ball away a couple times, and I saw him take off and run, uh, and with positive yards, by the way, a couple times too. I want to say maybe three or four times. Let's see here real quickly. He ended up running seven times for 24 yards with a brilliant call for a one-yard touchdown, by the way. That's exactly right. All right, uh, and uh, we'll reconnect with Everson here shortly. I've got one for uh, Nate in Frisco. Okay. He'll love this. Okay. Um, I think we talked about uh, uh, the offensive line yesterday, the hat that Avante Collins had. Follow the we go. What was it? Follow the offensive line or something to that effect. Um, so I saw a little panel that I'm not going to have a lot of respect for. Uh, ESPN put out their top ten rookies, right? Okay. And of course, they're all cornerbacks, wide receivers, running backs, and I believe there was one offensive lineman, Tyler. Linderbaum, is that mm-hmm. his first Baltimore, name? Baltimore, center. Then they had 10 just misses. Tyler Smith was not among any of those. And I 
heard Troy Aikman say during the game after Tyler Smith had to change from left guard back to left tackle midstream, and I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but he said this guy should be on some sort of all-rookie team or rookie of the year for what he's been through. And these guys had no idea who Tyler Smith is, I guarantee you. Because I, I it, think about where the Cowboys would be if this kid was not playing at, what, 21 years old? Mm-hmm. At the level he's playing at right now at two different positions and had trained all summer at guard and, what, 10 days before the season opener? They go, oh, no, you're the starting left tackle. Not the right tackle, the left tackle. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we need you to look at, at playing guard. Uh, and, and so they move him into guard. And, and then it's like, okay, but you know what? However many snaps into the game, you know, you go back to left tackle and, and played well. And they are going to need this offensive line to play well against that San Francisco front to be able to score the amount of points they're going to need to score if they want to win this game. And you look at the position of flexibility that Tyler Smith has and what that's done for the Cowboys even here in the last three games because it was in the Tennessee game where Biotish goes down with the injury and so he moves inside after 62 snaps at left tackle final 18 snaps of that game at guard plays guard in the season finale against Washington first 33 snaps at left guard in the playoff game against Tampa Jason Peters goes down and he slides back out to left tackle for 36 snaps in that game and now you're going up against the top defense in the league and the top uh, sack artist in the league and Nick Bosa who had 18 and a half sacks this year and it's going to be on the rookie at left tackle and the future Hall of Famer coming back from his injury Tyron Smith at right tackle to uh, to take care of that uh, right. pass rush and they like to use their linebackers too to pressure uh, probably one of the reasons Fred Warner has made the, the, pro, the Pro Bowl team uh, so uh, yeah, uh, he's going to play a big part in this game if he can hold up his end of the bargain. You know, and it was Everson Walls yesterday who was very quick to point out uh, the performance of the Cowboys' offensive line in that win over Tampa Bay, Everson. And he's there in picture. Oh, only picture only. All right. Uh, we thought we had Everson thought back. thought we had him. Bring not. him on in, right? But, I mean, that's huge uh, for that offensive line to continue to play like they did the other night. And now, I mean, you can't afford to lose anybody on that offensive line yeah. from a depth standpoint. Right, because uh, now the because it doesn't look like Peter's going to get back in time. Uh, so Josh Ball is your backup offensive tackle. Uh, he's the last man standing other than maybe Avante Collins, who has played in the league. Uh, but I think they look at him more as an inside guy uh, just in case something happens there. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's thin, but you, 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 these guys have to play and have a game like they did uh, this past game protecting Dak the way they did. All right, anything else that you'd like to get to either from the locker room today or from the press conference yesterday with Mike McCarthy as well as uh, Bones Fossil? Yeah, um, Mike McCarthy pointed out that 
in these playoff games, one of his big points is you can't win without big plays, uh, and that's playoff football. And if you look at this past game, the Cowboys had six plays of 20 yards or more. Um, and I will check myself to make sure that my memory is good. And Tampa Bay had two plays of 20 yards or more, and both of those were towards the end of the game after the Cowboys had built up that big lead. And not only six plays of 20 yards or more, they had four more of 18 yards. So they hit some big plays. And his point is you've got to have big plays. And I think that's one of the things San Francisco does pretty well uh, with their, their big plays uh, in games. And so uh, these defenses are going to be tested in this game, no matter how well they've played previously. Okay, on, uh, in just a moment, we, I believe we got Everson back. We're going to make sure on that. But I want, what I want to get to with Everson here in uh, just a I'm moment – what I want to get into with you, Everson, when we come back here in just a moment is the Cowboys' secondary and what the 49ers present offensively that's different from Tampa Bay that might put a little more stress on the cornerback position uh, for the Cowboys. That's when Mix Shots continues in just a moment. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh. She's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? Great job, honey! Oh. Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Just steps away from the Dallas Cowboys world headquarters in Frisco, visit the Star District, your destination for excellent dining, 
premier shopping, and exciting events. Visit stardistrict.com for more information. It was a great place to watch the game on Monday night, in fact. Of course, Are there the, a lot uh, of pregame people out show. Here? I was not out here, but I did see on DallasCowboys.com the pregame show with Kyle and Nate and Haley. Isaiah, Barry Church, and um, there were a lot of people there. And a lot of you wouldn't believe the number of people that were at AT and T Stadium. Mm. That's where I was at the watch party, and I. Uh, I did some hits for not only CBS 11, but for Cowboys TV on the pregame show, the outdoor outdoor venue at Miller Lite Plaza. And it was packed. Uh, Gates open at 530, course of 715 kickoff. I got away just before 7 o'clock. And the line of traffic that was, it, it looked like the Cowboys were playing a game there. There were so many people uh, lined up to get into the parking lot, and the parking lot was filling up very quickly. And uh, so that was a great place to watch the game. And by the way, speaking of how many people watched the game on Monday night, Cowboys versus Buccaneers was the most watched NFL playoff game since. 1999 with a total of 30.6 million viewers. Wow. Million. So there you go. And so, they wonder you know, why they call us America's team. Uh-huh. Yep. And, go, you, go figure. Go and figure. you wonder why they had a Monday night playoff game, which now will go for 20 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. This is a staple after that. That's right. And uh, so 30.6 million viewers watch Dallas versus Brady. So how many people will watch on Sunday when Dallas faces a quarterback who beat Brady 35-7 to a few weeks ago, Brock Purdy? <laughs> it's funny going from, uh, from the greatest of all time to Mr. Irrelevant. To the last pick in the draft. That's right. Uh, all right, Everson. You know, I, I kind of have – let before you go on, Bill, that Mr. Irrelevant term, I have to say, you know uh, – I guess I'm always fighting for my place in line. I think, you know, free agents are probably more <laughs> irrelevant. That's right. <laughs> when it comes to the draft, okay? Undrafted free agents, you can't get more irrelevant than that. So I, I take umbrage with that term being attributed to him having such a, a, a hard road to hoe. You understand? That's exactly right. Exactly right. In fact, the mm-hmm. name should never have been Mr. Irrelevant. It should have been Mr. Relevant from the get-go because you are relevant going into training camp because you're a draft pick, right, over an undrafted player. You are officially you are officially a draft pick. They've invested something in, in you. A, yeah. <laughs> that's right. They had a check for you. They had a check, and it was bigger than the check that I got, I promise. <laughs> so, yeah. You yes, mean sir. the last pick in the 12th round in, in 81 got more than you did? <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> they did, yeah. I don't know who that was, but I'm sure it was more than $1,500. All right, I'm going to look up who that was. But in the meantime, Everson, uh, I want you to tell me uh, against this Niners team and what they do offensively, the weapons that they have on offense compared to Tampa Bay, what kind of stress does that put on the cornerback situation with the Cowboys? Because the Cowboys, and and also with Curse's injury, and we're going to hope that Curse is able to come back at full strength, but they used Curse in a big role in that game.
game, even against uh, Chris Godwin, uh, their slot receiver. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah. Mukwamu came in and played a big role as well uh, in the slot. Now, what about the cornerback situation this week going up against this team? What you have with, with uh, San Francisco are a number of receivers that are very skillful after they catch the ball. You know, when they catch the ball, it is not over. Matter of fact, your problems are just beginning. We talk about Debo and how well he is. I am sure between he and uh, Ayuk, if I say the name correctly. Yes, you got it. Uh, number 11, playing wide receiver on the other side. I believe he had his first 1,000-yard season this year, and he he actually gained more yards receiving than Debo. Uh you have got also, talking about Curse, I don't even know if Curse can help here, but you've got one of the toughest, grittiest, craziest tight ends I think I've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, this guy Kittle is strong, and he's elusive. He is Gronk uh, whatever, 4.0, whatever, because he has the ability to break tackles, uh, he runs excellent routes, especially for a tight end. And I have seen us, even with uh, J. Ryan out there, have some problems with good route running tight ends. And, of course, everyone is. So that's always Purdy's uh, uh, outlet, just like Dak Prescott, just like any other uh, quarterback that's heading up a, a high-powered offense. And it's going to be uh, an issue in regards to how much we want to go man-to-man. Okay, how much we want to blitz as well, because if you're stuck with these guys one on one, once they catch the ball, you have got to bring them down a a broken tackle leading to a long play or a touchdown that can be disheartening in an environment that the 49ers are playing in. Well, let me give you a little backup on that. Ayuk finished with 1,015 yards receiving. He averaged 13 yards a catch, had eight touchdowns. But Kittle, Kittle led the team in touchdowns with 11. And one of the things Mike Mm. McCarthy pointed out yesterday in his press conference was going to be the importance of tackling. Tackling will be very important in this game because of their ability to run after the catch. And even tackling when you're trying to deal uh, with McCaffrey, um, you know, he, he's late to the game there, and he still had six touchdowns, a long of 38. So, again, uh, he said tackling will be at a premium in this game. Okay, Mr. Irrelevant from Everson's draft in 1981. Uh, thank you, Producer <laughs> Supreme. Phil Nelson, a tight end from the University of Delaware, a blue hen, was drafted by the Raiders with the 332nd pick of that draft, and he was cut in training camp. So he truly was irrelevant. Wow. 
Oh my goodness! So there's another. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I, I was a blessed man. I was a blessed man. <laughs> there's another number for you to chew on. Three hundred and thirty-two people were drafted, and you were so. So Everson, that oh, means that man. you, Everson, you were the three hundred and thirty-third pick of the nineteen eighty-one draft by the Dallas Cowboys. And and I ended up being pretty relevant. Yes, I would. If you, if you don't say so yourself. <laughs> All right. Speaking of relevance, oh, Mickey, as you jot down notes from whatever Everson's saying during this show, because you're going to write a column on it, right? That, absolutely. All right. Uh, what else do you got on your notepad there? Uh, and I'm, I, we don't have time to get into this today, but. Uh, one thing I want to get into in the next couple of days is Tony Pollard versus Christian McCaffrey and um, how important mm, both nice of those deal. players are in this game. I've got some mm-hmm. interesting numbers to throw mm-hmm. at you, which uh, I'll save for tomorrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Niners starting off with a 3-4 and four record this season, uh, what kind of turned their season around was a little trade that they made to pick up Christian McCaffrey, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you just watch this last game, watching them on the field, uh, yeah, he he he's amazing. He's amazing how he squirts through holes. He sees things uh, awfully, uh, awfully well. Are you talking about McCaffrey, McCaffrey. or Pollard? McCaffrey, but Pollard too. <laughs> That's my I point. Think it's, yeah, I think you're, you're exactly right. It's both. Uh, the fact that. Uh, they just need a little crease, and they can jump through it. And 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 even Pollard, he, he's hard to tackle uh, once he gets going. So yeah, um, that's which enough. one do you think is more powerful? I think Pollard. I think Pollard might have a little more uh, ex- explosion as opposed to uh, shiftiness that McCaffrey has. Maybe you think. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I I can't see McCaffrey with power. I don't see him with power. I see him with more elusiveness. Well, I saw him than... moving, moving the pile a couple times. <laughs> could be, could be. So I was trying to look. The Cowboys have played San Francisco in at least four NFC title games. Well, mm-hmm. three in the '90s, right? Consecutively. That's right. The '81, 90. the '81 game. Mm-hmm. The the ones in '70 and '71, those weren't title games, were they? They were just like first or second round. I know games. the '70, the '72 game, which was the Tony Fritch behind the back onside kick, right? Uh, which was Captain yeah. the birth of yeah. Captain Comeback was a divisional playoff game. It was not a conference championship right. game, right? And I'll have to look up on the rest of them. If you give me two seconds, I will find that for you. Uh, 1970. But it is interesting. They did face the Niners in 1970, leading to the Cowboys' first Super Bowl appearance, the loss to Baltimore, and that was a conference championship game. So that's five. And then in 71, they uh, beat the Niners in the conference championship game, 14-3. to And that was uh, the first playoff game ever played at Texas Stadium, by the way. 
Uh, Cowboys started the playoffs uh, in the divisional playoff round at Minnesota that that week, and then got the home game against San Francisco for the conference championship game, and of course beat the Dolphins for their first Super Bowl win that year. Hey, Bill. Yes. Did um, Dag is his name not Hicks? Uh, oh my goodness. The running back uh, that played for the 49ers. He was a kick returner as well. On the break or whatever, let me know if that guy returned to open a kick for a touchdown. Which game? Vic Washington. Sanford's? Yeah, Vic Washington. Vic Washington, Vic Washington right. returned to kick off 97 yards for a touchdown in the 30-28 to 28 game in, uh, that the Cowboys won uh, at Candlestick Park in 1972. That was nice. Yeah, that was good. So, so yeah. you know, the, I like that guy. So yeah. was good. The, the amazing thing was after playing them so many times uh, in playoffs, after the Cowboys lost to them in that 1994 season uh, NFC title game, they didn't play them again in a playoff game until last year. That's what happens when you don't go deep in the playoffs for 27 straight years, Mickey. <laughs> or maybe them, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys were in So the, the Cowboys the, were... Just, no, not deep. Yeah, just Any, anywhere, in, anywhere. In yeah. the playoffs. Well, that's why when you made it to the playoffs, what, 10 times over 27 years? I think it's what the number is, something like that. No, I think they were... Mm-hmm. I want to say they were 4-11 and 11 after 95. Yeah, but you're winning some some playoff games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're saying right. t- just times times in the playoffs. playoffs yeah, okay. um, right. Um, Cowboys though were three and zero against the Niners in the seventies, and then zero and one in the eighties. That's so a three and one record, and then two and two one in the nineties. That gets you to five and two, and then last year's yeah, game five, five and three. three. All, all, so all time. Yeah, but the wins were. I, I think I went to the '72 in 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 the uh, in Texas Stadium. I think I was there. I, I was like real young. It was in '72. You said that would have been '71. The '71 season, but it might have been '72 by time they played them. Maybe it might have been January. And we won that, right? We won that game, right? Yes. It was a 14 to three win in '71, and it was actually January 2nd, uh, 1972. And the previous year, also, they played the Niners in the playoffs. We'll back it up here, um, which is 1970 season. And that was a January 3rd conference championship. Yeah, it was at San Francisco. So, yeah, uh, Everson, there was only one I of those playoff games, was in Texas which was the first game, uh, first playoff game ever mm-hmm. played at Texas Stadium. So uh, that's what's so yeah, great about. I was up about... there with the birds. I was up there with the birds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the birds. Um, but that's that is one of, for us old timers. That is the one thing when the Cowboys are playing the Niners and just the memories of all these great playoff matchups going back fifty years. Basically, uh, it's just it's yeah. fun to see those two teams go at it again. And we talked about it going into last year's game, and now uh, we we do it out on the West Coast this time. And I'm proud to say I was in that little interview room at Candlestick Park when Jimmy screamed, how about them Cowboys? I was too. I was too. Yeah. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yep. And you're right when you said little. That was, might have been the smallest Cramped. yeah, locker room area ever. You know, uh, our TV director here, Scott Herself figured out he was looking around and knew, you know, we're, the last time um, 
the people on the staff now that had been at that NFC title game, mm -hmm. he counted six of us. Really? And Scott and I were two of them. Do I count? I think Jim, uh, well, you know what? He should have counted you. <laughs> no, uh -huh. you do not count, Bill. <laughs> I, think he, I think he meant. You do does, not count, Bill. Does, does Nate, people, the does people, Nate uh, count? The people that were at the game. Nate was at the game. Uh, Monday night? No. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about this. Okay, I yeah. got you. I got you. This playoff game, Monday night. I'm going to be in San Francisco. Oh, well, we'll just add to that, that so, list then. So, yeah. So, we'll, we need to do the number. Jim Maurer was one of them. The there you Cowboys go. Trainer. We need to do a picture. Take a picture. Scott and I did, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if he posted it or not. Yeah. All right. Well, we're about out of time on this edition oh, of already? Shots. Yep, it's amazing how time flies that, like this. That flew by. Okay, so Everson. Yeah, when uh, you kick ass, time flies very well after you kick some ass. Yeah. That's right. That's why, yeah. that's why Everson's relevant career flew by so quickly. <laughs> so we'll hope for good weather tomorrow because they will – practice tomorrow by the way oh actually you're going to decide to practice for this yeah game. and okay. friday by the way <laughs> all right very good so they'll get two really full, well full practice they'll do one today it's just a walkthrough uh, but they when will. you say full practice like <laughs> is it pads one pad you only get one you only get one you you're get only allowed one one per week or per one? week okay you can wear one pad one pass. And so, I'll say, so they have this narrative, right? They have this narrative that came through. I mean, for them to even ask the question, do the Cowboys have to worry about uh, fatigue? We're gonna, we're going I, to. I can't see. All right, we're going, we're going to talk fatigue. And we'll talk Pollard versus McCaffrey on the next edition of Mix Shots you with you, Everson. All right, so, thanks for joining us yes, for this sir. edition of Mix Shots. Go, Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!